Harish Hande is a celebrated social entrepreneur who started Selco, a solar lighting company in 1995. Along the way, he reinvented consumer finance for the poorest poor and the fundamental concept of building for the bottom of the pyramid. His empathy for his customers and humility in light of their knowledge is telling and reflects in the meritocratic organization that Selco is today. In this podcast, Harish comes out swinging against the hierarchical, resume-obsessed and out-of-touch development sector. Let's put it this way, there's a lot of thumping on the table involved in this episode. It's a privilege to have Raman Magsese awardee Harish Hande on Terra.do's podcast on climate change in developing countries. It's phenomenal to have you, Harish. Let's take it from the top. If you could tell us a little bit about yourself and how did Selco start? And 25 years later, what do you see as its mission? Yeah, so thanks. Thanks for this. See, our whole uh, premise is very early in uh, my own journey, I would say, like a um, and graduated from IIT and whole herd mentality of writing GRE and then going to the US. At that point of time, my thought process was, what do you look at large solar? And how do you look large solar? And could it benefit India per se or anywhere, anywhere, anywhere else in the world? I had a chance to go to the Dominican Republic as soon as I went to the US and within a year, that was in 91. It was Dominican Republic where I saw quite a few poor households actually using solar and paying for it, I mean, 10, 15 houses at that point of time, which actually triggered the fact that you had nothing you need to look at from a large perspective. You can always look at from a small perspective and you can replicate those small perspectives in many ways. So came back and changed my thesis to look at basically look at decentralized and also a guilt conscious that I had not ever felt what lack of electricity was, it was no point doing a PhD that would be in somebody's, what's the point of doing it in a manner that it would not be useful to myself, it would be somewhere else. And and I wanted to feel what without electricity was, came back to Sri Lanka in India state without electricity for some time. And then, then what happened was that PhD became a secondary thing for me. And then I got into and then Selco got formed in, in a very informal manner and saying that can we experiment and start and, and though my professors were pushing me to finish it one way or the other saying the concept is there just write it and just close it but it took some time because that, then I've more and more as I was traveling in the rural areas more and more I was very very convinced that the, the learnings in, in IIT bachelors and masters were absolutely ridiculous I mean it was a Hierarchy that you are creating, that's all it was. Oh, I'm a master, I'm a bachelor from IIT, a master from this. That means you are as good as you're telling that I'm a priest of a church, I'm a bishop, I'm a, I'm a mullah or I'm a Brahmin priest of that category. And I think that's something because if you and me did a PhD on sugarcane, as I said, we would, we would be experts on sugarcane. While a farmer doing 45 years of sugarcane will never be called an expert because uske, nor does he have a visiting card, nor does he have a master's degree on agriculture. And that for me was a, that's the why we said, unfortunately today, Selco is known for solo, but Selco was more of a, was using sustainability as an angle to make it, make so sad. What is true inclusivity one way or the other? And that's how it started. Mm. And what do you see its mission now? 
what's the next 25 years going to look like the selcos the so for profit selco which are no longer involved at all because somewhere in 2010 thomas and couple of colleagues who actually thomas and me been with the organization for 25 years 20 plus uh, that time 18 19 years we said was the organization was created uh, for a certain reason and a lot of my colleagues who have struggled and both of us get the credit because both of us spoke english both of us got awards because we spoke english many of my colleagues who struggled and created a lot of the processes and innovations were the true guys who would nobody else would speak to because they were vernacular speakers brilliant vernacular speakers i said was high time so slowly we said four or five of us would step back between 2010 and 2014 and 2014 was i was person who last stepped out of the organization you know what has happened after 2014 when lot of my colleagues who started off as office assistants and who were who were brilliant kannada speakers obviously brilliant managers the company started doing much better and if you look at in the last 5 years phenomenal in terms of the processes and growth the top 50 of the organizations hasn't left for the last 18 19 years wow. unfortunately top 50 is not known in india at all brilliant kannada speakers nobody hears i mean they never call for conferences but they're more known in whether in mit or in yale unfortunately uh, so they're better known in mit and yale yale because a lot of the professors in yale actually do not care whether what language you speak i mean that's what else i I mean, Mohan Egde was an Ikshagana artist, a brilliant Kannada speaker who couldn't finish complete BCom because of other issues at family level. He's the CEO of the organization, and he's feared in terms of his respected in terms of the organization. Obviously, so the question is, that's why we believe that it's it's and when next twenty five years is up, up to them, and they are very clear that uh, energy access is not about just lighting. But energy access is also about its livelihoods, and so they're going to push more for development being in the centerpiece for 25 years, and also push what the definition of profitability definition, and they would go deeper into many of the parts of South India. Got it. And uh, how do you distinguish between the mission that Selco Foundation has versus what the Selco for profit does? It's not much of it, except that the legal structure that well, we had to do it differently. Selco India, though it's a for-profit, okay, in a sense, it's not though. I would say it's a for-profit, but the way it's structured, we wanted to redefine what for-profits were in many ways, and especially in the sector of of energy access or social sector. For example, what we do is, as I don't know if I had mentioned to you last time, twenty-five percent of the profits is actually kept aside for employees. and the way it is done in the for profit is that the lowest earning employee gets the first return of the profits mm. then the second lowest employee the third employee the fourth employee so the bottom 40% of the people have the right at the profits not the above 60% of the organization and out of the 25% go 20 to 25% goes into disaster for example if somebody's house gets destroyed by a flood somebody's father dies suddenly mm. so college student has to go to school So I think that's where I would say we look at division of profits, and as Selco Solar is owned by three not-for-profits, and Selco Foundation is more on the innovations and incubation of 25 years of failure that's had in terms of 
business processes, technology innovations, financial products, a lot of the innovations that we need software capital for. And how do you go into the poorer and poorer? So the mission of Selco Foundation is mostly innovation and incubation. And the mission of Selco Foundation is basically how do we push the boundaries of innovation? How do you make a lot of the processes of innovation replicable? And then are there other partnerships that can actually scale it up? It's basically saying that which is the biggest subsidy Google got? Mm. The biggest subsidy Google got is the internet. They did not pay for the creation of internet. We pay for it. The US military, everybody has subsidized the creation of the internet. The Selco Foundation basically subsidized the creation of the ecosystem that is required for energy access to succeed, whether entrepreneurs are innovation. Who wants to innovate on a blacksmith blower or who wants to innovate on a silk weaver? Who wants to innovate on a financial mechanism for barter system in Kalahandi district of Orissa? Selco Foundation is that basis. How do we create a system where a pure Oriya speaker can get the equal opportunity of investments that you and me have? And that's non-existent in this country. And how do you do that? How does the Selco Foundation, does it create linkages with like local governments and uh, See, one is, market linkages? That's like Selco India. There's a difference when people said, do we go out to the communities? Right. The structure of both the organization is, is that the, most of the employees are from the communities. So we don't have to go to the communities. Okay. So we're not saying that we are creating, a, by, by going to the communities, we are again using the language of hierarchy. Oh, we serve the poor. My question is, why can't the poor run the organizations? Why do you need to serve? Are you replacing the British colonization by our colonization, right? Mm. Right. So that thinking itself, I'm going to help, I'm going to serve, right? Thinking itself that the end users are beneficiaries. Why can't the end users be the manager, the innovator, the entrepreneurs? When we blame the middlemen in the vegetable markets and everything else, we are the classic middlemen. The educated class who has got elite education in our country and who now, like you, me, Kamal, everybody, are a middleman, right? Mm, and then right. we say, we are the social entrepreneurs. I'm sorry, we are not the social entrepreneurs. And if you classically take step back and said, how do we remove these middlemen, right? Mm. So the question is, that's where I think it was like, the, the philosophy of what the organization was, your thinking has to be that way. If your thinking is that, if I'm a blacksmith, I'm sorry, the blacksmith, I'm creating a solution for the blacksmith. Is your thinking process like the blacksmith law? If your thinking process is not like a blacksmith law, I'm sorry, you'll never be able to solve it one way or the other. Mm. Are you able to own the problem? I don't care whether you own the solution. Are you able to own the problem? And then, so we also push other boundaries in the sense that, first, your salary structures are that way. I'm sorry. First, my question is, I don't care what the market salaries is. When people define market salaries in Bangalore or etc. Have you ever considered the one like auto rickshaws as part of your market salary? Why is it that middle-level, top-level management of the IT sector is considered the Mera degree? My question, that degree is just a piece of paper that you carry. Okay. Not the experience of what is needed that is defining what is. So when we, when we hire people, what is your contribution to basically a society that actually then compensation is according to that. I don't care whether you are a fourth grade dropout or you are an MIT grad. So our salary structures are, are completely according. It should be the norm. And why should I say it as, as if it's a, it's a unique thing? Where my, a lot of my colleagues who are from LSE and MIT are much less than my BCom first and 10th actually. Or less. 
If people who don't come in, boss, to me go bar. If you say I'm, I'm ending right, boss, that's an ego that you're coming in with, and that you will not be able to survive here. I'm mm. sorry. I think we learned it from my colleagues who basically, right? I mean, like for example, why should my colleague, uh, like for example, Raghu came in many years ago to drive, drive me around or whatever when I used to meetings or car. But now, boss, I said, boss, those are long here. Tomorrow driving. Oh, both of you. You, you heard me speak on the phone to a lot of people, right? So you know what the organization is, philosophy, blah blah, etc. Yeah, you're moving up. Now, fun. Next day, boss, it bump came out. So, car chabi hat se nikal liya. He was very like finicky for a month. Boss, car chabi nikal liya. Abhi kya hai? Now he's head of administration. Kya chahiye tumko? I'll I'll take you to IM and make sure that you sit in the classes. No sir, what qualifications? Sir, fourth grade. Arey boss, you will sit in IIM. Tenth grade. Why do we create these barriers, boss? Now he's head of administration. The question is, we purposely make sure that people don't grow in a manner so that our uniqueness or our so-called competitiveness is not compromised because we're so selfish in our thought process. One way or another, that way development or society will never be inclusive. And Harish, you have the same perspective uh, when I talked to you last time also about poverty, right? Which is your whole belief that the way you get people out of poverty is to allow them to build assets right. versus using it for a consumption right. kind of a use case. Right. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Because that to me also seems to be coming from a perspective of having lived that experience yourself, as right. opposed to just being a social entrepreneur and imposing some solution on top. See, for all of us, we have a, some sort of a social security behind us. Right today, for example, irrespective of what happens, to lot of crises happens, we're not going to go into abject poverty one way or the other because either we have qualification or we have some sort of an assets at home, something that our parents have given for a land, some sort of a a safety net that we all fall back to one way or the other. And lot of the poor, unfortunately, what has happened is only skill set that they are looked for is the physical labor. So you're going to always hire them for services. So you and me, for example, have studied. It's only when we lose memory when we go old. But by the time you've done enough of to actually serve yourself, right? Tell me how many of us actually depend on physical labor. Had we all depended on physical labor, that's my only income source, mm. right? We could have all gone down the drain. Can you imagine? You're only going to be given money according to what physical force that you have. And so that means you only have a very small window between twenty and thirty-five to do that. Extremely small window, fifteen years. Then you get crappy and crappy in terms of then you are obviously more useless to the society because your physicalness is less. Mm-hmm. And that's the issue that we don't realize. And then classically, what Ilaman said many years ago that poverty is an abuse by the society with the permission of the society. Where do we actually make sure that their social securities are taken care of? They are human beings, and one more statement is like, we we are poor, but we are many. But that has been exactly the advantage we take our maid servant to Nikondo because we'll get another maid servant, right? The point was that for us that if truly we need to get respectability and get people out of poverty with a not like a bandaid solution, ki maine kisko serve kar diya home lighting system se. If Selco disappears, if the whole ecosystem across disappears, would that person be still in poverty or will go? And then you we looked at cases whether it is Sundarers or whether you look at the center part of Maharashtra farmer suicides. Then you start saying yes, everything is physical labor and and everything is services for them. 
I don't own anything. The only person who could have bravely said, I don't own anything, I don't want to live is Mahatma Gandhi. But classically, Birla said, I know how much it costs to keep Gandhi in poverty. <laughs> right? The ecosystem would not allow Gandhi to actually be one. I'm not against Gandhi or anybody else or anybody. We ourselves, for example. So the question is, the poor are really poor. There are no assets. And once we don't create assets, any intervention that is non-consumment, especially the two times when we confuse, when we teach in schools, the difference between expendable income and non-expendable incomes. Non-expendable incomes are the money that has to be spent for creating assets and for necessities in your life. Expendable incomes are goes into the wants part and non-expendable into the needs part. Unfortunately, for example, you buy a phone, everything from your expendable incomes. Non-expendable goes to your children's education, if your water, your clean, etc. etc. Right? But non-expendable today what we buy billion marketing strategies to the poor, whether you sell a shampoo or anything else, you're taking away the non-expendable incomes for consumptive uses. Non-expendable income should be for asset creation, is leading the poor to be poverty. Even if you get like that's why we don't like the book uh, uh, Fortune at the Bottom of the Pyramid, because it's a completely a consumptive thought process which is vulgar in many ways, saying that how do we extract the non-expendable income in the poor? that actually what happens every rupee that I mean, say that's a $5 trillion market at the bottom of the pyramid, that $5 trillion market is a non-expendable income. Moment you take one rupee out of it for shampoo, which actually is a consumptive, you actually made the poor poorer by one rupee because it's not an asset, you made the shareholder richer by one rupee. Mm. So you further created a divide one way or the other. I guess one of the counter arguments to that would be that even the poor have agency. So if they choose to exactly, actually use exactly. that money for a shampoo sachet Absolutely. or Absolutely. Have you given them the other choices? Mm. Have you given them the choices of creating an ecosystem that housing is there? You have nowhere else to spend the money for. How come there is not a single supply chain for cook stores? Efficient yeah. cook stores. Have you created competitive places where the poor can spend money? That's exactly the argument uh, CK had with me. Said, said, have you given any other choices? You make some money, you have what you call as so-called financial advisors. What is the advisory system in the rural areas at all? I'm not telling that, oh, we need to tell them what. No, we also are told when you are graduating 12, you talk to your father or we call 150 people. If they go to IIT, non-IIT, this mechanical engineer, we get advice. You tell me where are those services? When you want to buy a TV, car or a household, you ask 150 people, should I go there? But on the spur of the movement, why do you take so much of decision when you go into consumptive and you need it at that point of time? That's because there's a lot of advice that you get. Mm. Right? You're pushed, pushed, pushed where the youngsters in the house are told this, this is this, this is this. What will the poor father do, boss? It's not a choice. I'm sorry. You go to boss, sir. And then we market that's a choice. Sir, you right to education. You have to school. You have to go to school. But you have to go to school. 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 You I am not of that family that their family comes from. Now we tell that's choice. That's not choice. Yeah. 
On the Selco side, like I, I remember you mentioned a couple of very interesting strategies that you have to actually do asset building as opposed to consumptive. So can you share a little bit more about that? See, for us is that uh, fortunately, I mean, everything that we do is out of luck and nothing is really strategy. A lot of my colleagues, we basically look at, okay, any intervention that we do in the rural areas, any product that Selco or Selco Foundation, product would be financial business model or technology, where is the value most captured? Okay. I would question if you are doing in 2020, I want an answer. Tell me this intervention that you're doing and you're giving me a presentation in 2030, February, March. Tell me this intervention effect in 2030. Mm. Right. Will it still exist for you? Would it have replicated elsewhere? So that I want to know whether you modified and rectified a fracture or did you put a mandate? For example, if I go to a rural area and say, boss, we did brilliantly uh, sewing machine. Well, how do you do it? No, we modified a, a existing manual sewing machine to a motorized sewing machine in 2030. I said, great solution. Two years down the line, she's getting overrun by electric sewing machines and running on solar with higher 26 other designs. You've actually made the poor poorer. You created a funder report, you have delivered your livelihood, your livelihood deliverables, but two years down the line, you have killed the poor. I don't want this solution. Is the intervention that you are trying to do asset and not only asset, but is it generational? Is it going to cross a generation of that intervention? Otherwise, if you, me, everybody else come out, sat in a room and we are all so-called illiterate, then I come up with a coursework. Illiterate, you know, I teach everybody typewriters. Now, according to now definition, all are literate. You tell me outside, what are you? You're no different. When you came in outside, except that the paper may am illiterate, right? Are we doing generational interventions? Mm. Are you getting people out of poverty in a generation that they go back? What is the social security? And that is a thought process that is there one way or the other. And that's fortunately for a lot of my colleagues who are from that thinking process in the rural areas. And that is where, once you start thinking that way, automatically you will go towards asset creation. Like for example, when people say solar lighting, Daldia. That's great. Like for example, um, there was an NGO that came in because they got philanthropic money from somebody. They had some four, five lakhs and they said, we want to do 50 lanterns to this community in, in uh, Kerala. What are you education. 50 lanterns, so the children Father is a fisherman. Mother is a fish paste. I said, lantern dala. Then the, every urban kid should be very smart here. Just the lighting has actually changed and transformed our education. Then we don't need any books here. Why do you need a school? Why do you need teachers? Right? I mean, this is where we mm-hmm. completely romanticize as well as we think that my deliverable 50 lanterns said, yeah, I rated to funder. Every 50 kids have got educated. Bull. That's not the solution. We said, boss, teacher nahi hai, school nahi hai. Right? Daytime itself is enough for studies. Don't tell me about evening time studies. And the father, parents educated nahi hai. Who is going to have the tools to actually make them educated one way or the other? So we basically said, there are na, community center mein jake, solar dalo. Fixed deposit, put the 4 lakhs as fixed deposit. You will earn X amount of rupees per month. 
स्कूल टीचर को पे करो विद दैट विल कम टू दम्युनिटी पुट अक्स लाइट सिस्टम your 50 kids will come to one area to study what was their end education end goal was not light mm. end goal was 50 kids teaching na two and you still have three and a half lakhs in the bank as a fixed deposit for the teacher to get studied about right how do you think in a systematic way of holistic where you can actually change the system and what is the end goal rather than you came with a solution meko one light dena hai light was not the issue now do you think that thinking process and that leads to asset That leads to ours. I am, I am that part, and that's what the philosophy of both circles and conversion. So, so do you struggle with uh, asset creation and its effectiveness versus scale? And the example that I wanted to bring up was uh, pay as you go solar, right? Sure. M Copa, and I know for a fact that the M Copa founders themselves think of you as an inspiration. I think one of them visited you back in the day also, and obviously, pay as you go has become this massive thing in Africa, gone through its. Whole hype cycle and probably hopefully some rationality now, but the number of households they're talking about is in the tens of millions and so on. So, do you struggle with that dichotomy that well, do I actually do asset creation which will take time? It's very community focused, right? Specific problem focused versus taking a generic solution across something as diverse as all of Africa. Pay as you go, whether it's M Copa, whether it's a lot of the other organizations in the world do that. The issue is, if you are taking expensive philanthropic money, as a society, all of us have little more responsibility than just scale in a manner that benefits only one part of the. Mainly, the most of the benefits are skewed towards one part of the equation, that is the shareholders and the management. Irrespective of how much we have done, a two light or a three light. Pay as you as a technology is actually great for a bank, which lowers the transaction cost. Right. Not for a technology company. What I would do in India if I had to go pay and pay as you go, I would actually go to asset creating banks. Banks who give four to five year loan. If I am taking X amount of money, say four hundred rupees or three hundred rupees or five hundred rupees from an end user, right? Over a period of five years, I can actually give them four times the system that somebody is giving right, five times the system, which is longer term, okay. And the pay as you go, not as a technology provider, but to the bank, saying that your transaction cost of collection has got reduced. Correct. Right, and I would have created an asset to that. Now the thought process is: people don't have clean water in this country, okay. Basically, whether I'm on a main cup as a little management is different philosophically, but I will still have this debate with them when they come and with Jesse and all that. Great friends, I mean, have transformed one way or the other thinking process. My disagreement everywhere is if there is no clean water in this country. Okay, I give two small bottles of bisleri to every household in this country. Have I solved the issue of clean water? Clearly not. Exactly, that's the issue, right? When you are taking expensive money from the poor, right? Now the question is, you have X amount of money that you are earning, okay, and you are paying, okay. I would go to you, sir. What's that? You are spending three hundred rupees, right? If you are paying me three hundred rupees for a particular product over a period of five years, you have a big asset that will last you for fifteen years. Now what I am giving you, which will last you not more than five to eight years. Right. And you have to keep buying from me. 
So you have forced the people to be consumptive because your financial product is very expensive. Mm. So you're saying you need to go to the right capital sources to begin with. And philanthropic money might not be the right one. It might be banks who are anyhow in the business of actually asset creation and lending out against that. And then create that linkage so that the poor are actually continuing to, over a period of time, essentially build equity in that asset. And what has the scale reached to? What has it actually benefited, pushed people out of property? No. Has it created long-term solutions? No. You've taken an expensive... So why has been the failure of microfinance? Pay as you go is a tool, okay? It's mm. not a model. Unfortunately, it's been doubted as a model. Pay as a, computer is not a model. Boss. Computer is a tool. Mm. Pay as you go is a transaction tool. I don't know why it's been considered as a model, right? The very fact that business schools teaches as a model, I'm like, do we know the difference between a model and a tool, right? Then computers should be shorter as a model, not as a tool. Right. It just lowers the transaction cost of collection, which is one part of the e- equation, which is A plus B plus C plus D plus E. And we have completely focused on D mm-hmm. and forgotten what A plus B plus C is. And then we say that's the model. A plus B plus C is the model and D, and everybody is a variation, a variation and a tool to actually reach that. Right. So same way, for example, if our parents would not have taken a loan like that, microfinance loan that we take today at 25%, 26% at 20 months, we none of us would have been here. Had we not been subsidized the education, we would not have been in this state, whatever. The basic ecosystem subsidization that is required, the internet that is, is what is required in Africa. Africa is actually going back. We have taken away the money in East Africa, West Africa by the small, small lighting systems. We have taken away precious money is it generational intervention? No. Where the schools had the teachers to actually say that it has actually benefited. Yes, it has benefited extremely marginally. I'm not telling it has not benefited. But when you're taking so much of money from them on a monthly basis, a two-year extension with a lower interest rate could have actually helped them with an asset that would have lasted long, long time. So where do you see hope? Where do you see solutions? I don't know the answers are there, but unfortunately, our generation has not created the enough mentors that are needed. We've gone into hype, and unfortunately, this field has gone into a beauty contest, hero worship, and saying that glorifying the founders uh, rather than fundamentally the effect on processes. And when you love scale, I'll give you an example of scale. We believe in scale, we're not that we're anti scale. What we believe is replication of processes. Okay, the concept of street vending has scaled up. Right. That's exactly when 2008 happened, financial crisis. India was not so affected because of the decentralized nature of its of his businesses. Right. Moment coronavirus happens, America gets shut down, the stock markets, because you have created a scale where the decision making and the monopoly of organizations are in very few hands. It's not a communist thinking. The question is, it's the, the thinking that it's not a sustainable way of running business. That's all we are saying. When people blame us like, oh, I'm thinking like a left or a communist, I'm glad to be thought about where we've been profitable for the last two years and we are called a communist-based organization. Ola will never make money. Uber will never make money. But Flipkart never made money and sold it off. And you're talking they are market-oriented businesses. They're the biggest not-for-profits. Uber is the biggest not-for-profit. And we are taking that's a market-oriented company. So what are we teaching youngsters? The goal 
of a market oriented and the only way to attract private capital is to rethink your exit strategy ki tum shares bech ke chala jao so goal is exit strategy not to make a profitable company and right. leave alone leave alone uh, the impact social impact, impact to any forget it right so what are we talking about scale you tell me one scale that has happened in the world here google got subsidized in 99 not only by the internet forget the internet which it keeps subsidizing when lot of the companies fell down in the us lot of the critical top innovative people joined google that means they were given grant funding to do 3 years of experimentation in other companies and they went loss loss money loss and grant kya hai i don't know the difference boss <laughs> right and they were given to google mm. so total irr of california is negative so tell me what scale mere ko bhi paisa do na mai scale bajata hu don't talk to me about profitability i will reach scale the question are you creating a sustainable organization right so and scalability for us is suppose we did a guarantee fund in uh, Don Bosco here many years ago, where we put ten lakh money against which hundred houses got financing, where the bank didn't want to take the risk. Then after two years, we took the ten lakh out. Now not only the end users of systems, but the whole bank itself. We went to um, Kalahandi, tribals, water system. Bank bola boss, hello, kabi pay nahi kare, kya chahiye? Twenty lakh guarantee, put a twenty lakh guarantee in syndicate bank. All the five hundred villages, uh, tribals got a bank account. They took a solar loan. After four years, I removed my twenty lakhs. Right, five hundred. Went to syndicate bank. I wanted to ten to and Tata Trust. I wanted ten and a half, ten crores guarantee money for Manipur. Right, transforming Manipur. Right. From that, Oak came and said, "Boss, let's put twenty crores in Jharkhand." Now we want to go to Nabad and say hundred crores to guarantee fund. Didn't we scale up the process? Hmm. Dramatically. Right. The process. Selco ki who cares? Everybody pushes on Selco to be scaled up. Who cares? Selco could not have matched going to Manipur, blah blah blah. Now I have Manipur entrepreneurs who scaled up. Ultimately, what happened? We had to reach one million household. We reached. Impact got reached. Now Selco dies or not doesn't matter. Manipur will never be get. Jharkhand will never be affected. Yeah. Bank financing has now been created permanently. Isn't that what we want? And what do you think is the role of uh, policy in politics? the policy unfortunately for us is where you tell me you have harish you done x number of years in solar in business in social would you call me to a board meeting for investing in a software company probably not exactly why are software companies coming and saying they'll invest in this field right the complexity of the systems is as complex as anything else Why is it taking a poor time? Look, Karan, what is so difficult in investments, right? That is that thinking gap. No, when lot of the hunters who made money in the profit, oh, let's now invest in microfinance. Let's invest in that thinking process has to be kept. What is happening is, I am an IT professional, or I'm I run a car company. I'm whichever biggest names you think. Now, or I've studied somewhere. I'm not going to help the policymaker decide how clean water has to be distributed. There is not a single practitioner in those things, in those think tanks. On its ground level, policies can be. The problem is you might have a lot of great intentions, right, of a person writing a policy paper. The moment a tie suit guy comes into your office, and how can Mohan Negri even feel that boss, I can talk to him about policy? 
Because the moment you comes in from Delhi, huh, so what do you guys need that I can help you with? Boss, you're not helping us. We are helping you. I'm sorry. <laughs> right? The language, the thought. How will you write when the, when the policy has no heart into it? In a sense that this is what, how come there's no practitioner is in any of the think tank codes? There's no practitioner in the, when the document is being prepared. Can you imagine if IT guys had created a policy without Narayan Murthy's and Nandan Milikani's, what, what would have happened? Mm. Why are those entrepreneurs taken like car manufacturing policy has to happen? Do you think Mr. Mahindra and Bajajas are not taken into consideration? Why in this industry is the practitioners, why are we not going to be talking to Mohan Agade or somebody in, in rural Manipur? What is the policy that will help you grow? No, we have made a policy to help you grow. That language, the thought process, because we are never comfortable in talking to people like Mohan. Mm. We're never comfortable to talk to Mangal in Manipur. I cannot talk to him like, okay, boss. Nor will he come and talk to me on the same table because you make sure that he's not an equal to you. But that's a policy. How many agricultural policies in this country actually have in the committee's farmers? That's a farmer. In the committee. And I blame our education. Education, not in education, we ourselves become elitistic. Doesn't matter how good intentions we have, yeah. I agree that kind of preserves the power structure. Yeah, you want to. You tell me how many people we meet outside our comfort zone. So we take advice from the same people who actually don't know the field in the first place. I mean, for me, again, Selco has given me that uh, platform. And because of the glad, I mean, the push, push me around so much like that, IT functions, I am not getting connected at all anymore. And not, it's not, it has taken me time, but yes, I mean, not that I, I contribute much when I go to a farmer's meet in a rural area, but not it's like romantically telling Anonymous, a lot of the innovations I think is, it took me years to unlearn that and break that. Ila Ben, who's a legend in the social sector in the world, Legend, right? Is that she belongs to the group of elders like Jimmy Carter and all who created the whole Seva movement, 60 years of Seva movement and grassroots level. What she said to me, I, you know, she's 82 now and she said, After 60 years of work, I actually, I asked the people, I mean, a lot of women grassroots level work with her for ages. Do you think I'm now one of you? They said, no, the way you wear your chappals are not like us. <laughs> She's saying, after 60 years, Harish, I've not been able to break the barrier that I'm not one of them. And that she, with tears in her eyes, I'm not one of them. And we always want, unfortunately, we confuse between intellectual poverty and financial poverty. And we believe that people who are financially poor are not intellectually. So we have to tell them what it is. And that's completely incorrect. All entrepreneurs are poor, many who start off by the intellectually poor. And the question is, how do you break? So for us, the biggest barrier is that thinking, if you look at When I went to one of these research institutes to give a talk to the management there, after I spoke, the president, lady, educated in India, foreign degree, every Indian, Harish, you have a PhD, do you have 
intellectual discussions in the rural areas. That's the problem we have. I went to another software company. They said, after the guy got up and said, my kids also teach uh, rural kids in the weekends. I said, have you ever thought the rural kids can also teach your kids? That thinking process. Until that thinking to impact could happen. Impact to our log frames and we all do so that we survive. Tell me which log frame that a good successful farmer has. What log frames? Impact studies. For what? So the, uh, one of the big fours came, no, PricewaterhouseCoopers, of our impact measurement. I said, show me your survey sheet. I didn't have not seen the survey sheet. I said, I'll take your survey sheet and I will ask you the same questions. So I'll note it now. You want to do impact now? So what is your salary, sir? Because your question is what is your salary? Mm. No. So how are you asking that? So are you telling that only you can ask and I can't ask you? I mean, the poor? Can I copy of your BPL, sir? Can I have your copy of your other card? So you want to visit 10 houses, no? I will fund it. The 10 houses, can they visit your house in middle Mumbai? Nine out of 10 questions. Well, of us, don't be impact measurement. We want to see how incomes have increased. I want to know, no, boss. Whether the IIT degree that you have actually made an impact for the country or not. This arrogance which you never think about, right? Impact measurement, tell me, tell me one survey, I will do. Boss, you can do impact event. You tell me your survey, provided I can ask you the same questions. Same questions. I want to go to the house, can they come to your house? I want to know their salary increase, I want to know your salary increase. They have the privacy. Their apartment complex, I have to ask the bloody guard and he calls you up and you that. Don't bullshit this. Until we don't change that, I'm back. Mm. This has been quite a discussion. But I think the last question for you is that if you find uh, smart young kids coming to you right now and asking for advice on where they should focus on, what would you advise them? I would say, boss, I want that answer from you, number one. And I would say, if you want to be truly actually boss, you've got a basic tools that you've got from so-called degrees, right? It's not the degrees. You have basically tools that you have to come up with. What I would like you to do, if you're really interested in an impact, whatever impact, go with a very blank slate. I mean, take, say, example, unreserved train from Calcutta to Delhi, Dunbar to Delhi, Dunbar to Calcutta. You forget your education. Travel a bit in these places where you're going as if you are nothing. You're zero. No volunteering bullshit. Okay. I want to volunteer. Volunteering means you have certain expertise to give. You have no expertise to give. I'm sorry. Go and boss, push yourself. Work as a day laborer if you want to. Or work on a panchayat office. Work somewhere else. For, for like six months, eight months. Then start. Then you know. You are starting in the social sector. Want to venture. I want to know whether you own the problem. And by a couple of questions, I'll know whether you own the problem or not. Humble yourself. If you are humble enough to the society, you want to start a social venture. Mm. Then you will be focused. Because this is what I found missing. They had this expertise. I had this expertise. We complement each other. Moment that word comes in, no, boss, you all want it. I found it missing and they didn't know about it. That is against an arrogance of language. 
they had a certain expertise. I come in like a financial advisor. I have some expertise. He has some expertise. I'm going to ask them in the same level. Then the focus are. This is brilliant. Thank you so much, Arish. Thank you. This has been a different kind of a discussion altogether. Yeah.